welcome back everybody to another episode of buffs and nerfs i'm your host andrew lanza and with us we have our co-host sam hall how you doing man i'm doing great how are you doing i'm doing well i'm doing well and we have with us today a special guest checks notes what's 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 his name do, do you remember his name what's it what's his i think his uh, name is paul or Craig. Craig. Bo- Bo- no, no, no. I got to hear. I got to hear. It's in the email. Uh, Boyan. Boyan Nedich. I quit. Our old, <laughs> <laughs> Our old look, look, friend. Look, let's, they let me back in, guys, and uh, 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 I'm going to make them regret it. So. I already did. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that plan is already fulfilled. One minute and 39 seconds in. All jokes aside, happy to have Boyan. Sometimes guest, always sound editor. Uh, big round of applause for Boyan. Woo! Okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, it was it's it deafening. Was... <laughs> it, applause doesn't look good to wait for where you can see the individual claps. It, it's that's, sort of that's that's okay, guys. I'm the editor. I can just add in like deafening applause and do I'm it. Yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> do, I do I it. Will, I want, like, I want to hear sound effects stuff. throughout all. I will of this. slowly I hear, turn like, this show and... into a shock jock show. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> No, what I wanted this to feel like is like we're recording the show in like a nice European outdoor cafe. So give me some outdoor cafe ambiance yeah. starting now. You, you're uh, joking, right. Sam, yeah, that's but the that's that the new ambiance. Ooh, is that French? <laughs> I'm not, I am not joking. I am not joking. I do want to hear when I listen to this later on, you know, vaguely European people in the background with the occasional clink of a coffee cup. All that's, right, that's, all right. that's this why bit I has work, gone on way too long. So, <laughs> I, well, I mean disagree yes, I, I knew you would so our, our topic today uh, i mean we, we've touched on it in the past here and there all three of us have uh, a background in this so uh t- we thought it would be kind of like a perfect bridge to talk about it cinematography in video games so we'll delve a little more into that in a bit but first before we start i'll throw it to Boyan. what have you been playing lately uh, aside from my regulars, uh, I got back into Stellaris recently with and started to play with Sam. I, it's become very apparent that uh, uh, I'm bad at the game. <laughs> no, or the game hates me. No, the game hates you. It keeps spawning him next to terrible empires that are like, "Oh, I'll conk you right now." I just, I don't, I don't do anything threatening, and right away they're like, "Fuck this guy." You know, we'll fuck them up right away. I don't get the logic of the, of how they decide I'm their just I'm their enemy, their mortal enemy. Like the moment they meet me, maybe it's just because I keep playing uh, uh, hive mind machine intelligences and and all biological life is terrified of that kind of thing. Threatened, threatened. We're we're, we're threatened by it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that's that's cool. Uh, so there's that. It's 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 it. We've tried it now. What th- three attempts? And I think. I think we're on our third attempt, and it seems to be going okay. Just, I honestly, if one more empire just from like starts a war again, I'm fucked. Uh, so yeah, I think there's going to be a fourth attempt. Uh, and then later, build playing, your defenses. Uh, um, on occasion, uh, a game called Outward, which is it's a, it's a uh, Canadian developer. It's kind of like low tech and or a little bit old aged in terms of its visuals and graphics. But it's a it's a very classic uh, sort of not Dark Souls level difficulty because I hate those kinds of games I can't stand them but like difficult RPG uh, fantasy world sort of thing and and you can play with like two or three people and 
yeah, I play with my buddy sometimes on a stream, and we yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun little game. It sounds kind of fun. What's a, what, what's it called? Outward. I know Outward. Outward. Sound that sounds interesting. It it is tough. Yeah, I picked that up. It was it's, tough. It was like not it's Dark Souls tough, but like it, annoyingly yeah, like oh, I got a lot really of cool. Uh, I liked it, uh, but, way mm. to interpret like uh, Dungeons and Dragons in a game. Like you have you know there you have to sleep. At some point, there's survival elements like that. You have to sleep, and sleeping gives you bonuses. And you have, you you have to bring a tent and all your supplies. You need to have food and water, and you need to bring potions. And you have limited backpack space, which generally I don't like in games. But this is a part of the game's difficulties. Like, okay, you have to. You're just a regular guy. There's nothing incredible about you and you live in this town and you're just as squishy as any other human and you have to go out into this world uh and you know you do it but with nothing but your ambition to do something and then you have to prepare for every time you go out into the world you have to prepare for what what kind of situations you're going to be in there's like diseases there's different you know different creatures have different elements and you have to match against uh hits you know a couple hits a couple bad hits if you're not you know, if you're not dodging right or if you're not thinking about it, it can break you down. Uh, yeah, and like like I said, the camping thing is kind of interesting. I've never seen a game where you set up a tent in the middle of a cave uh, because you really need to sleep <laughs> that night to sleep off all the damage you've taken because otherwise all those potions that are difficult to make are going to, are you going to run out of them? And, and once you start running out of supplies, you, you're that, that whole adventure yeah it becomes very difficult it's and, a death like, spiral when you die it's also like it's a very creative death like you don't you know, you'll die a lot but like sometimes when you die some you know mysterious stranger who who likes to help out people like that when he finds them like that like unconscious he'll he'll give you like some supplies and and and, and put you somewhere and you'll like wake up next to a campfire uh or you'll you'll wake up you know if you died in a in an enemy uh castle or dungeon or something you'll you'll wake up in their prison and now you have now you're in the middle of a prison quest line like you're a laborer in their prison and you have to figure out a way to get out and you can't you don't all your gear is is gone and when, once you finally get out you like or you'll have to find like once you finally get out you can find your gear and stuff not me man i'm not going to try and get out that's my life now you know, like you don't it's not that punishing like you'll get if you die you, you generally you in some scenarios you'll pick up your gear with you uh but it, it'll be damaged uh you'll lose a bunch of supplies uh all your your health and your stamina and all that stuff is going to go down i mean it's got it's got it's got a lot of really interesting game elements and a very interesting world uh and, and and storytelling uh it's you know it, i could i could just see it being a little difficult uh for some people that are just want like always want to have really good uh you know graphics and visuals so it's a bit of an older game so it's a little aged in that sense but it looks pretty cool oh so you hate the visuals uh it's they're a I'm, little I'm, bit i'm kidding when, i know i know you I know, I know you're i know you're kidding but like they're dated but the not in a that, good like, way some games are timeless even if they're old they they, they their visuals have such a stylistic like beauty to them that that you can still get into them other games like you can tell yes that's what i was talking about some games are just a product of their time and and you can see that they were just doing what's what was easy and fast during their period and what looked good when when they came out and and they don't age well so i would say that this this is kind of in between those two it's it's gameplay is good enough that it's you can you play around the the graphics 
so yeah and it's fun and it's fun to play with a few people because then you it's, it's a lot easier to handle some of these things when you have when other people have your back so yeah don't don't all right that's like a life lesson right there what about cool. you yeah, I've been well. I I grabbed on the Switch Nino Kuni, uh, the first one. Kind of having a hard time to get into it. I'm about fifteen ish hours in, and I'm like, is this is this gonna pick up? Like the the visuals are absolutely gorgeous. Like it's um, Studio Ghibli did all the uh, the, like the visuals for it, Ooh. and there's uh, yeah, there's animation um, that's you know done by them. So like like the, it's like essentially playing a Studio Ghibli game, but it's just like. Like, I don't find the combat super interesting. The quest lines are super generic. I feel like every quest line feels like kind of like a like a filler quest line. I don't know. Maybe, as I said, maybe it gets better, but I am, you know, 15 hours into the game. So it's kind of like, is it going to get better? So I've kind of put that on hold as of late because I also did purchase, also on sale for Switch, the two uh, KOTOR games, Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Ooh. So yeah, they were like twenty five bucks or something like that for the two of them. Um, I have played them both. Heck of a deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I have them on Steam. I, That's I, even expensive. I would say. I've seen sales. I don't know. Twelve like, fifty for, for those five. games. I, it's fine. I, I don't know. The amount of games well, you get with games each are, one. Switch games are always are always a little more expensive. No, no, no. I, it's it, guys. It's it is fine. I'm just saying. I've seen deals for like five bucks or three bucks for those games. No, that, well, I have them on Switch, and I think I bought them on Switch for. Oh, I think it was like, okay. I'm thinking Steam. Sorry, Steam, not Switch. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's great for Switch. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say. So I, 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 I have them on Steam. I've, I've literally never played them on Steam. I just bought them because I think I saw them one day. They were like two ninety nine for like both of them or something like that. Yeah. Like, I think I got them for like five bucks each or five bucks together something anyway but as i said i haven't touched them i have played them back in the day on xbox so this is my first time now playing on switch which is great one thing that pisses me the hell off okay obviously you guys both have a switch you're gonna put it in rest mode 99 percent of the time like i you pretty much never turn off your switch you put it in sleep mode the counter like the, the, like the gameplay counter in game counts up while the game is in sleep mode if like the game is open and i'm like i went to go load a save and i'm like why does this game say like i'm 99 hours into it and i'm like am i reading that wrong is that 99 minutes then i'm like no i'm and i'm like i'm farther than 99 minutes into this game like what the hell i played longer than an hour and a half and then i'm like oh like and then i see like all the auto saves are like 99 hours like 98 hours like 96 hours I'm just like, does, oh. does that affect I mean, it doesn't has no, no effect nothing on your nothing okay. it's just kind of an it's just kind of annoying and whatever but no, otherwise that. it's it's you know I'm, I'm back in it it's it's a fun romp in that world I, i'm excited to play through them again so i'm pro that's probably going to be my next little while and then other than that you know with uh sam been doing some late night fall guys you know mm -hmm. pretty much every night we're, we're we're kind of on that that fall guys tip every, every night no, still chasing nice that crown Still chasing uh, that first. I'm never going to get it. I, I can feel myself fading off the game before I get that. So. Nah, we'll we'll game genie it or something. We'll we'll do hacks. We'll we'll get you that crown. Sweet. By the way, you you've heard they're they're doing a, a remake, like a HD remake of. I don't know if it's both. I think it's just Kotor one. Did it get canceled? I thought it got canceled. Am Did I right it? about that? I'm not sure with Andrew on this one. I think it got canceled. And also, I'm like, I think I don't so. Know. Don't quote me. I feel like I heard that too. To be honest. Because they said no one yeah. likes Star Wars because Star Trek is better. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did say that. Not sure. my That's a direct quote. That, by, by they, you mean Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, the person. Yes. All right. 
So, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been playing lately. Nice and brief. Uh, Sam, I'll throw it to you. What, what have you been playing as of late? Three games. Game the first. Other than other than Storla- other than than Stellaris and Fall Guys that we both Too mentioned. bad. I'm still going to mention Stellaris. So I've been playing Stellaris, uh, both single player and with Boyan. And uh, yeah, I hate to say it, where Boyan's having these terrible starts. I'm always next to aliens. So I'm like, hey, we want to be friends. I've just had two aliens in our game species go, hey. Can we be your vassal? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so Star Wars is a lot of fun. I'm playing that. As Andrew mentioned, I also got a Switch. So I got Legend of Zelda 4, which is pretty much the game you always have to buy when you buy a Switch, apparently. Uh, I'm playing through that. I've played it a briefly on the Wii U. Well, not briefly. I played it for a fair amount on the Wii U. And it's it's a pretty good game. I'm enjoying it sort of thing. Uh, and then my third game, the game that uh, I sort of picked up for cheap that I was surprised how much I'm digging is Aliens Fireteam Elite. It is basically the action movie Aliens as an online co-op shooter. A lot of fun, a lot of aliens, and a lot of that distinct sort of... If you've ever seen Aliens, that was like the first movie I ever bought on VHS tape. I'm that old. Uh, That sound of the pulse rifle firing, that kind of like high-pitched gunfire noise it has. Mm, Delicious. And shooting aliens is a lot of fun. So yeah, so basically Stellaris with Boyan... Aliens Fireteam Elite with Strangers, and it's a ton of fun. And Light Legend Breath of Wildish, uh, uh, sorry, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Zelda? Who, who, who the hell Zelda. is Zelda? Is that well, the, that's, uh, that's how it's pronounced, Zelda, right? Like the, the that's, Z that's is the a, wish. It's like an Eastern European Z, right? It's Zelda. No, no, no. It's the Wish.com version of Zelda. It's Zelda. Guys, it's Zelda. Like, look it up online. It's if you're calling really it Zelda bad. with a Z, it's not. It's not like that. It's Zelda. No. Check check out the design document. It's really not. It is. No. Yeah. E- EGO Numa is going to show up at your house and, and stab you. And I'm going to be like, nice try, old man, and then knock him down and take his wallet. Mm, he's not that old. I feel, like he's like, I feel like he's your age. So yeah, you're right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so. I'm old in age and young at heart. You are the opposite. All right. It's fine. Oh, sorry. Old in age, young in appearance. Just I have heart disease, you are the bro. opposite. Like, why you got to bring that up? Hey, man. Anyway, so moving on to our topic of the day, which is cinematography in video games. So as I said, all of us have either worked on set before in, uh, you know, a lighting or grip or, you know, cinematography uh camera capacity so also a big reason why we uh want to get boy on on this podcast because he is uh, you know currently working on set so you know he might have a little more insight uh than we may have um you know to more of like the physical cinematography side of things so yeah so to get us started i thought we just kind of um define what we mean here I, i guess i'll just kind of start us off so like cinematography in you know film or you know in video games or whatever it's you know it's it's a combination of things it's it's the camera it's uh that 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 you you know all the camera that you that you you choose like the body the look it's the lenses you choose it's how you move the camera it's how high you set the camera the angle of the camera um it's lighting it's how you know lighting affects the mood of a scene it's how you know you utilize all the tools all all your cinematograph cinematographic tools is that a word yeah sure well it's two words technically (laughs) your tools to convey emotion to tell the story so and kind of how uh we'll we'll get into a little bit later uh, about how that differs you know in kind of like a physical 
cinematography sense and then a digital cinematography sense. And like, I know digital cinematography is with digital cameras, but just to differentiate it for this podcast, we'll, you know, we'll call it physical cinematography and then digital for, for video games, if, if that makes sense to y'all. Do any of you guys want to maybe jump in and elaborate a little bit more on, you know, cinematography and what it means and the definition of it? Sure. I mean, uh, I think without going too into much into detail because I'm not a uh, cinematographer in for video games and I have only a very basic understanding of how they how they do that. Cinematography is basically is is visual storytelling. It's the use of visual uh, language to immerse whether it's a player or the viewer to immerse the, them into the the world of your story and into the story that you're trying to tell. It it Everything you see in front of you is is something that's been created by a cinematographer as well as others, art directors and whatnot, to inform, to to, to inform and to give you some information, uh, whether it's just uh, you know something that you feel or something that you understand logically or or whatnot or that you take in from the screen, uh, to be, to enhance you know the story that they're trying to tell. And in gaming, that can be more than just the story but it can also be the world so yeah that's i think in a general sense that's what cinematography does uh and and there's some interesting differences that we'll uh get into so uh so yeah that's that's my my take on that dope dope sam uh do you have anything to add nope there are four things to cinematography camera movement camera lens choice and filters lighting and legible slates you camera assistants penmanship counts don't forget about angle. Don't forget about angle. That's camera movement. I mean, I, the camera doesn't that have to move, but it's no, where you no, set no, up. No, no, no. Yeah, framing. It's not angle. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, it's framing, framing then. Framing. No, it's angle. A framing no, and no, angle no. are two different things. Framing no, and angle not. are the same thing. No, because you can have... Hold on, hold on. You can have a close-up from above or a close-up from below. Those are both close-ups, same framing, but the angle's different. Framing to me means choosing the angle, the cloud no, the wider will be like framing is is framing is where you cho- where image. you choose to put the camera and what you choose to capture with the camera. That's what framing. That's so angle uh, is a part uh, of that. Is it is part of that? Yeah. <laughs> You're talking. I about think we just killed Andrew. Oh god! I, th- I, I think a- Andrew. Andrew, camera I think framing. You can, if you, you can, first thing off Google. First thing off Google. No, no, you can using fr- the hold composition. On first, no, 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 no. No, ca- uh, camera framing is the placement and position of the subject in your shots. So okay. actually, it seems like I was correct by using terms like close up. Uh, the ang- the angle has nothing to do. The framing and angle are different things, my guys. Ang- also, angle's not movement because you can have a static shot with a high angle. You can yeah, have a static shot with a low angle. Sam did say it was Sam did say it was movement. Actually, I, I have initially. a hard time believing that Google says "my guys" in the middle of its explanation. I also didn't know that it was addressed to us. Would, are they typing about us on Google? Is that what this is? <laughs> yeah, in cinematography, framing refers to the way elements are arranged in the frame. My so, guys, yeah, my guys. Anyway, no, I like Google friendlier now. So so anyway so. Doesn't matter. Angle, height, all, <laughs> all, all part of cinematography. It's all a cinematography. Essentially, is you know the visuals used to tell a story and convey emotion. And like Boyan said, uh, I like this. Immerse the viewer or gamer. Um, so now I guess we'll go into some of the differences. Uh, Boyan, do you want to maybe talk about some of the differences between quote physical cinematography where you're on a set and then digital film uh, cinematography where you know. You're placing a camera in a digital environment, you know, using computers, whether it be, you know, for a video game or a CG movie, something like that. 
to me, I mean, the breakdown is between lighting and camera. Uh, in in film, uh, so lighting, they're generally, I mean, the tools that you use and how you do it and what you're capable of doing are different, but generally speaking, the language of lighting is is the same. You know, your highlights and shadows and what you decide to light and how you light it and, and all that, that's that's the same. Your capabilities there may be different because it's, you know, in a digital environment, you have a lot more freedom to place lights uh, wherever you want and, and without with relative ease. But it's in a world that has to be completely built up for it, and the tools that have to be have to be kind of created, unless you're using a standardized sort of you know I don't know if you're building something in Unity, or something like that, uh, 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 an engine every an engine or yeah like Unreal or whatever yeah yeah like an engine or that's already, uh, already has a set of tools, but uh, other than that you're you know if you want something that's very visually unique you might have to have build have somebody build tools for it to in order to get a certain look but generally. Lighting, I don't think there's that much difference. I think the capabilities in terms of what uh, the, the final product are fairly similar. But the big difference comes in camera. Now, I think games that that have cinematics, I don't really count cinematics as game cinematography. I know it is, again, it's, it's what I just said. It's using those, those digital tools to make that. But a lot of cinematics are just if you go straight into a cinematic that you're not interacting with that's not gameplay anymore now you're watching a little movie in your video game and that's just that's just digital that's a, just a little digital you know movie and it's using the camera movements camera angles camera composition and framing that's all uh, that all draws from the language of filmmaking uh, so i think the the big difference there is that in games the camera most of the time has to primarily serve the gameplay and not not cinematic framing where the goal is to to tell a specific story now there are unique examples of games where if not always uh, but sometimes they will do something they will take either take slightly control of the camera or reframe the player in a different place in this on the screen in order to uh, uh, show a, a more interesting frame or, uh, sh you know, add something more via that framing. But generally speaking, you have to have a, uh, you know, we find it very frustrating as gamers, especially if you're t playing older games or, and a lot of Japanese games uh, were guilty of this, of where the camera is not responsive to where we want it to be. You get stuck on things. It, you know, so if you're, if the game, if the camera is not serving uh, easy gameplay uh, and your agency as a player uh, it's not it's not a, it's not a good camera and it's not you know if it's doing that to like make it more cinematic I think it's failing in terms of its main goal as a game so yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's the anyways to, to summarize the big difference is a camera has to serve in a, in a video game the camera has to serve the player and the gameplay primarily versus uh versus in film you know the framing and camera is 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 half half of your or more of the language of your storytelling so yeah, yeah. i th I, th I think you nailed it with uh the language um for for you know the similarities is is like the the language is going to be the same like everybody knows the language of you know high key lighting where it's kind of like oh like th this guy is clearly a bad guy or whatever like yeah. like every, like that's just you know kind of standard across the board um one thing uh one big difference like you nailed kind of like yes you need to follow a character so you can't you know have all these crazy dynamic 
camera moves, especially like you usually, I mean, I'm sure, you know, video games, it, it happens, but you can't, the camera can't leave your character. You know what I mean? Like you can't pan yeah. away from your character. You can't do like the taxi driver. Let me just pan away from the character as he walks across a garage. Like, no, you can't do that. You need to see your character. Um, another huge difference is obviously just one is physical. One is digital. You want to you wanna spike a light, you want to set a light in some ridiculous spot yeah. in a digital environment, you can just hang it there and it'll just float there in space. Like as long as, you know, there's a motivation for it or whatever, in, in a physical sense, you need to put a light there. You need to put it on a stand. You need to, you know, clamp it to a, to a, a something. You need to drill a hole into a wall and like put a spigot in. You need to run power to this light. Yeah, you yeah. need to, you need to make things safe. You need to rent the light. You know what I mean? You need to uh, rent the power. You need you to need make to, sure. And even, even more basic, like even more basic than that, like as a cinematographer, you know, your skills aren't just like creative and filmmaking and, and no, and, you know, being able to frame things and being able to know, know that language of lighting. But it's also like, you have to know how to talk to your team, how to get your idea, of not course, only yeah. interpret, the, yeah. interpret the story, interpret the director's input, and then give an output of like, you know, communicate to your team exactly what you want or in, in a way they'll understand for, in order to accomplish what you need. So it's, uh, I, I I know that there's obviously there's teamwork and and uh, elements of teamwork in 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 video game design. It's more individual and, uh, though, for you sure. You know what I mean. But there's a lot less of like where you need other people, uh, yeah, from moment to moment to do stuff in order to for you to do your job. Absolutely, absolutely. So there's just like the whole like physical aspect, like the the, the physical camera, the physical lenses, the physical lights, dealing with power distribution you know you're shooting yeah. in some abandoned barn you need a generator or you need some way to run power to this abandoned barn there's the logistics of a, like you said a set like the communication where's the bathroom you know what i mean all those things yeah. like that's that's for physical that's like physical i mean it's not that's not part of cinematography but that's like and, and you're forgetting you're forgetting the really big thing is that once you capture it that's that's what you've captured like there's obviously there's a lot of layers of stuff that come after to enhance or edit or add effects or whatever but what you've captured is what you have and in a video game you can always just go back and exactly and, and, and just modify things it, you know if your ending is you discover you made a completely different ending uh than what you intended in the beginning you could just go back and just cut out some stuff the only hard part is like if you have voice actors, you have to rehire them and come and get them to come back in. That's the only part that's like it's captured and now it can't be modified. Exactly. And it's also like in a in a digital cinematography setting, you're not going to have the camera. Well, I mean, unless you fuck up the camera move, like you have to program the camera. Like you're not going to fuck up the camera move. The actor is not going to flub their lines like the actor is not going to miss their mark whatever. I'm not shitting on actors here. Like, you know, whatever. You didn't yeah. do the focus pull properly, like yeah. whatever. It's like it's like a million different things. In a digital environment, the digital actors, aside from, like you said, the voice actors, they're going to always hit their marks, blah, blah, blah. So there is like that. Anyway, Sam, did you want to maybe talk about, you know, some some of the differences, maybe some of the disadvantages, some of the advantages of either of the, uh, the, the medium of the media? Well, I think the big difference between cinematography for film and television versus cinematography for video games, uh, it's camera and lighting. But in a weird way, it's almost more lighting is the fact that in a Film and television, uh, when you're shooting something, you're going to have coverage from one angle, then you move the camera over here and you move the camera over there. But you guys touched on what I'm about to say, but, but in a video game, you're almost, your camera rarely 
moves. It's usually at a fixed position for like, uh, let's say, like an over-the-shoulder game like uh, uh, Division or a Destiny game first-person shooter or something like that, or even for something like Stellaris, which well, is like, probably... Well, it, it tracks the player, but like, I know what you mean. It doesn't yeah, like yeah the, no, that's the, what the I'm focal saying. It's like, it's a, the focal point doesn't move. That doesn't really ever change. And what you have to do then is instead of sort of focusing on what the camera is seeing at one moment, they're going like, oh, it'll eventually end up over there looking at that. You have to light and figure out the proper way for this actually very restricted camera. Because it, once you set on, let's say, I'm thinking mostly like third person games right now, but I'm sure it's different with first person and other things. But like, once you said, okay, it's going to be here, you're pretty locked into that unless you do something like where they crawl under and the camera's got to go down. But generally speaking, with a lot of video games of that type where we talk about cinematography and being a, a cinematic experience, the camera itself doesn't move that much because for the majority of the game, you're mm, a, a lot of times. A lot of times, if you like, like press up against the wall, the camera will move, or like you're looking. Well, it moves a little bit, but it doesn't. Do, it's not like in film where you can be like, "Oh, I'm looking over here," and then through an yeah. edit, suddenly be yeah, over here, and then yeah. through an edit, you've got to have like a continuous camera. You can't have it suddenly jerkly look away unless there's a specific motivation for it. And what I think yeah, that, that makes that's it what interesting I was saying. is you can't leave the character really for the most part. Like the character, your character needs to be the focal point for the most part. Yeah, it has to be tied to the character's kind of perspective or in the player's perspective, but it can't be can't be like suddenly have a mind of its own you know or have you know be somewhere completely different unless um, it serves the story i'm sure there's times yeah, where that it, shit happens there are and times it's cool. i feel like the, the the examples that come up to me of like where the camera does a thing like that is more of a it's less even a cinematic thing it's a gameplay thing like uh, like a Zelda game or a, I'm trying to think of like a Prince of Persia game or something where they're trying to like you come into a level or something and they're trying to give you a hint about what you need to like to start off because you're yes, kind of yes. puzzled that you yeah. have to solve. So the camera will leave you and kind of show you an overview over a big of sweeping level. kind of right. So it's it's it is cinematic because it could be like showing you something beautiful, but and, and framing it in an interesting way. But it's it's really to serve like you the player uh, uh, understanding what they need to do. Yeah, and then that serves the player, like like Sam was saying. Sam, did and you want to finish your thought? I would love to finish my thought. Um, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. Sorry about that. You fuckers. I threw it back uh, to you, my guy. In, like, the most awkward way possible. So, like, if you're at the door to a warehouse, you're going to end up leaving on the other side of the warehouse. In film, you might catch a bit of the walking over, whatever, or something like that. Maybe there's a gunfight. But with what's interesting to me is actually, weirdly, in a way, it's not directly cinematography. It's almost becoming an art directing thing where you have to light and figure out the entire warehouse. Because, like, you might go past these boxes. You might go over there. Like, especially if there's something where it's not on rails where you're given a little bit of the more freedom you give a player the more you have to make sure that it's visually interesting regardless of where they are and also you still have the visual cues from cinematography whether it's just simply a light saying exit saying oh you're here but you got to end up over there and cinematography isn't just it's it's kind of like adapting how in film and television cinematography is about saying to the audience you want to be looking at this cinematography in video games feels to me that a lot of it is you want to be heading in that direction it's a similar thing but oh, not yeah. quite the same and i think that's one of the biggest differences yeah there's the kind of like there's like almost like two different kinds of lighting in cinema like in um in kind of like video game lighting where it's like yeah you're lighting for the mood for the ambiance the um you know the um kind of just the the, the whole effect of it but then also like you said there is the, the utilitarian lighting where it's like oh like you're you're highlighting a box over here that there might be like a like a cool uh secret behind you're highlighting like an exit or you know you're kind of darkening one hallway that might be a little bit harder to see and then kind of if you go closer to it, you're like oh shit there's like you know a hallway over here 
was kind of hidden in the shadows. So yeah, I, I, absolutely. That's that, that's a great point that I didn't even uh, think of. Yeah, that's uh, it's actually really. I mean, I was, I was going to bring that up earlier. It's a very fascinating. Like, it's how they're like. It's kind of the same thing, but it's very different. Like, obviously, in in a, in film, you're framing. Like, you're trying if you're trying to get people to look at a certain thing first or pay attention to one thing or misdirect them. There there are things or tools available to you in your framing. Make it and, brighter. And art direction and lighting and whatnot. Uh, that you know, leading lines and stuff like that that can can allow you to tell the viewer look at this first without them having to think about it. Their eyes will just naturally go there. And then video gaming does the same thing, but in a, like they don't have that ability to do it with camera, but they do it a lot with lighting and color and art direction, like you said. Like uh, I, I, Horizon Zero Dawn comes to me, it comes to mind. You know, you end up a, a, a lot of times underground or whatever, and and whatnot. And you know, the lighting does it but also the color of, of like the lighting just does it so subtly in terms of like if something's like more bland or grayed out or darker, like, okay, there's very little chance there's anything interesting there. Uh, you know, light shafts and whatnot help out a lot, but then there's like things like color that don't even, you don't even think about it much. Like the characters, uh, what's her name? Uh, Alloy? Aloy. Her, her, yeah. Uh, her hair is... Her hair is this like red, you know, red hair, and the primary color of of the grass that you will have like a stealth advantage in is red, and it's just it's I don't know if you if you ever actually really think about it, but once you discover that mechanic, you automatically when you see that grass, you're running to it, and that's part of that. I mean, it's less lighting, but it's honestly, I I I never put. I never put that together that her hair's red and the and like obviously I knew the red grass was good for stealth and yeah. I would go there instinctually but I never made the connection that red hair red grass wow but it is I I, I definitely believe that that's a that's a prawn purpose thing because it just it, it like you okay now you know you just associate you kind of like without thinking about it you associate that you still but see the stealthiness to the red. Does this mean like if she had been a blonde or brunette, she wouldn't have been? She would have been screwed. Like, are they, is the red grass? Well, they just would have made. They just would have made the grass a different color. Then in that yeah, case, blonde grass yeah. or brunette grass. Well, I mean, you could have had grass. like gaming, like wheat wheat fields me, or yeah. Gaming is kind of fascinating in that sense in terms of like it. It, there's a lot of stuff it borrowed from film and then it just started developing over many years. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. new anymore. It, over many years, it developed its own sort of language of using psychological tools to inform players of the world and, and what they can do and how things work without players having to like really think about it or acknowledge it. You just kind of understand it. And, and I think it's also one of the things that makes it difficult for people who are just getting into gaming is that they don't have a lot of the they don't have that language, language. That's been yeah up. yeah which yeah. is also, I mean, fil- film suffers from the same thing if you if you take people from a different culture and you expose them to films they've never seen they'll they might still enjoy certain aspects of it but there's a lot of especially culturally bound stuff but there's a lot of stuff that they're not going to understand because they don't have that background of well of there's the, a lot of cloth cross there's a lot of cross pollinization right it's like a lot of like westerns took like the visual language from old samurai movies like Kurosawa and stuff like that. So it's like, it's like, it's kind of been homogenized. I feel like in that sense where it it's is, like, but that's still, I, th- I, mean, I feel like there, there are cultural differences, but I feel like, like, you know what I mean? Like there are just like things that always mean the same thing in a movie. I feel like no matter where you're from, you could be watching a Bollywood movie or a Kurosawa movie or, you know, a David Lynch movie. And I feel like, 
there's certain things that no matter where you're from, you're going to get what the guy, what the, what the filmmaker there, there are, there are, you know, cultural I mean, differences, yeah. I mean, but uh, I, but I feel like Hollywood the language led to globalization of film, right. And, and any, any filmmakers around the world, most of them have been inspired by at least some American films. So there's a, there's a commonness in the language and the technology and, and the techniques, but there's, yeah, there's still a lot of differences, which actually, you know, just make films, fascinating if you start you know going around the world and watching what other people are making like going to set and just standing there going huh yeah <laughs> well i guess you don't they'll probably get you arrested in some places travel with your eyeballs i didn't mean it going in there but yeah. <laughs> uh i have like so many questions about traveling with your eyeballs i like, prefer my legs and my body to be there <laughs> but yeah so like i mean and uh so we're kind of touching on a few uh advantages and disadvantages of each but obviously um money is is a huge thing I, I like i don't know how much it costs to like create a digital environment and spike lights and stuff like that but i feel like it's probably cheaper than like renting a location and like spiking lights and like making sure it's clean afterwards and like you know getting craft services there getting bathrooms on location you know making sure locations are set up and blah 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 blah. so they're they're like like we talked about before they're like the, the, the physical aspect is like the monetary aspect also we, we touched on it briefly, but like lensing, lensing in video games, I don't want to get too technical in this, but like a lens choice when you're in cinematography will, you know, be the difference between, you know, warping somebody's face and making them look very strange or like kind of like using more of like, like, like a 50 millimeter lens that's more adapt to shooting a portrait that's going to make somebody it's going to be more flattering so you do see this in video games where there is lensing choices but a lot of times you'll kind of see the background blurred out in like a digital moray type effect like that's not more like a digital like depth of field effect yeah Yeah, like a blur like like it's creating like an artificial depth of field but then it's like anytime the can't like the character moves you can see like the outline of like the background like pristine anyway so so that's just one thing where it's like i feel like and it's such a small thing and as i said i don't want to get too technical about this but i feel like lensing in video games is still not quite there there have been some shots in video games where i'm like ooh, that looks really good like the depth of field looks really good it looks like you know a real you know whatever 70 mil lens or something was used as opposed to just like they threw on like the blur effect on the background like it's like an instagram uh shot or like you know you can do it on like your your phone or whatever where you can create like the fake depth of field so yeah that, i feel like that's one disadvantage that that is kind of, it's minor but as a somebody who's you know a, a, maybe a little bit more versed in cinematography than the average person it definitely kind of always catches my eye uh i can't really say much about lindsay that you haven't already said i think I think there's a few games where it's kind of obvious that they're using some something, but basically they're doing it because they're trying to do a very cinematic style and they're trying, they're basically, you know, making digital approximation of lens effects. Uh, so it's really more of a visual effect when you, when you really see, I mean, the depth of field is a different thing, but like when you actually see something that looks like they're using some uh, uh you know like virtual, a quote like real virtual lens. lenses yeah, yeah like something yeah. based on a real lens that's something that or or when they add a you know it's a similar like when they add a film effect to something you know and there's a grain like the grain effect yeah it's so kind of cheesy I, mean, I, I, some, I don't i don't i mean i don't fault that at all i think they're just trying to use a language for the style of the game that they're trying to oh make. absolutely that's sometimes, why i said it was sometimes it's sometimes it can definitely come off eh, like not good like that, that they're just ape, aping something without understanding it or they're trying to add, uh, you know, a cinematic quality to something without really 
understanding the which is the physics yeah, behind it exactly and it's something by the way it's something cinematographers and film do all the time you know it's a, an amateur cinematographer will be will seek to make something cinematic and beautiful uh without really thinking about well what other than being cool to look at what what does what is it serving the story serve, right what is it yeah. and usually it's nothing there's a lot of beautiful beautiful movies that that are shit movies and part of that is is not just everything else it's 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 the cinematography and the choices of choosing something beautiful and cool and flashy over uh telling the story uh, and that's a big line that kind of separates people in terms of uh the advantages of digital i think you touched on money uh time is very connected to that i mean obviously they they both are yeah uh, it's in, like in, instead in, of like yeah. with time it's like hey can we move that light three feet to the left like in real time that's going to take like five minutes in in a yeah. digital environment that's going to take you one second you know what i mean yeah yeah it's it's and it's but it's also like you know you're burning i understand videos are expensive and they they take a, they have a lot more time to they usually spend a lot more time developing than 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 movies or at least recording than movies all the other stuff is you know, kind of similar in terms of post, but, uh, on a film set, like that's a limited, like whether it's a, it's a few months or, or a few weeks or whatever, or if it's short few days, that's every second of the day that you're working, you're, you're burning hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So, or you're at a location, you're at a location where it's yeah. like, we have to be out of here at 6 PM. No questions exactly. asked. You got to you know what out. I mean? Your actors have all schedules. They have a limited time you know, in the, in their year, like that they can, that they can devote to your movie. And if you don't get what you need to get, it's going to be really expensive getting all those people, you know, a hundred, hundred plus people have to come back and do their jobs again and have to be rehired and, and all this. So you have, you're just, there's a, there's a, there's a very limited, uh, uh, quantity of time to, to really get what you need. And, uh, you know, I think video game has, video games have a lot more, in development have a little more freedom when it comes to that I mean, obviously they still have a limited amount of time but there isn't the sense of like uh uh, uh the logistics a resource it. yeah a resource uh that you're just using up and when it's gone it's gone and and of course when it, i think when it comes to to lighting in in you in film you really have to kind of know what you want and depending on how much how, how much budget and time you have to shoot it you have some freedom in terms of experimentation but a lot of that experimentation is done in pre-production uh, but when you're, you know, if you're lighting a scene, in a, in a, you can't fuck around you, on set. You have, yeah, you have a lot more, I think, freedom to be like, oh, I want this light here and my, on, on in digital, right? Like, I want this light here or like, what does this do here? Okay, cool. Oh, let's completely change it around. Let's do something here or here, and you can just move lights around as little nodes, move on set the pieces. You, and, you yeah, can move, move set, set pieces around and, whatever. You can move a fucking wall out of the way if you want. Like, you know what I mean? You barely. Can, th- <laughs> This Not to imply that it's it. less work or of less quality or, or of less value. No, no, it's just but the it's ease just of a it. lot less labor and and difficulty to accomplish to really just to to play with the world that you're you're playing and to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish than on a on a film set. Yeah, I think it's I think like the the bottom line is logistics, mm. like dealing with a film crew is like herding cats you know what i mean you have to deal with like dozens if not hundreds of people while as you said like sitting at a computer it's like uh, like a team of one guy or you know maybe a few people working on one scene yeah so like that's that i feel like that's probably the biggest and then like as i said too like you're programming camera move like if you're doing a one take 
in a in like a like in a film or like a TV show. Like there's so many aspects you have to get right. Oh you like everything, all the blocking, all the actor blocking, all the set pieces, all the focus pulls of the camera, all the technical stuff, the lighting, the yada yada yada. Everybody has to be perfect for these one takes, like however long this one take is. In a video game, you just do it. Like, you know what I mean? You just set it up, just program the camera move. It looks good. All right. Like, you you, you move on. Like, you know what I mean? But yeah. Uh, so uh, I'd, I'd like same. to interrupt on that for a second there. Two things. One, organizing a video game does take a lot of logistics because there's also the office you're setting up and all the individual departments. I think it does share something similar with film where it's not just we're saying like oh you just put the camera here you're good. okay but it's it's, but it's a smaller team though it's a smaller team and it's localized to an office as opposed to like you know true. hundreds of, i mean some video games obviously have crews of hundreds of people don't get me wrong but it's like you're you're dealing with a team of people in an office in usually the same setting maybe you're doing some zoom calls as opposed to like you're moving locations. You're here this day. You're here that day. You're in the studio this day. We got to get bathrooms to this abandoned barn. We got to get power to this abandoned barn, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, you are right, though. There are logistics behind true and but for me the bigger thing is is also it is kind of has a bit of uh, video game development from what little I understand of it. I'm definitely not an expert. But I constantly read articles talking about how uh, when a game has problems or something, it's because like one department's waiting on another department, which is a very film thing. Like film is not everyone's working consistently usually there's one department who's like doing the bulk of the work at any given moment and the rest of the time others are doing stuff that supports like camera shooting everyone like lighting is quiet lighting is setting stuff art departments working stuff like that so i think film uh, for uh, video games also have that kind of like Lots interchange of between it. yeah it's like okay we're good but you know i've got a camera that's ready to go in this virtual set of whatever it is but i don't have uh but the assets aren't ready like yeah, the fucking stuff the building like assets are ready or yeah. you know it, no, the script hasn't our, been uh yeah. approved plus also something you touched on earlier was a lot of, of modern video games that have people in them there is actually a fair amount of uh almost film-like direction because they do do motion capture now and i'm not just talking about walking those right, are stock yes, animations but a lot of, a yeah. lot of games do have massive budgets and they rent out studios and they do like it's kind of funny in physical motion capture facial as, motion capture yeah, you're right you're as right, technology yeah. has gone and as games have gotten better they've actually in a weird way had to start adapting back and bringing in a bunch of film production mm. techniques to simply get yeah. that stuff right so yeah um, I, I, I think I'm sorry. Let me just say quickly, I apologize. I think I may have um, simplified things a little too much when I said when I was comparing like the physicality and the logistics of film versus the phys- like, you know, the lack of physicality and maybe the slight lo- loss of lo- logistics versus digital. So, yeah, I think I may have done that down. I may have simplified that a little too much just for the record. Yeah, uh, video game developers. If any of you are listening to this, uh, come at us. Just tell us how exa- how wrong we are. And, uh, come uh, at those two. I'm how, I'm totally understanding. How much, uh, how much we've job. insulted? <laughs> how much we've insulted you? Uh, I think we covered uh, a lot of like advantages, but I, I I don't think we went into disadvantages of digital cinemas. Are we too too much? Do you have anything for that? Because because it's kind of a well, one one thing I do have is like the whenever the well not whenever but a lot of times when there's a camera move in a video game like it's too perfect it's too fluid it's too like robotic it's too it's too perfect that's that, that's all i'm gonna say so i mean like the, i know camera moves are a small thing and this is more i guess for 
cinematics or kind of like you said too boy where you're kind of like showcasing an area and you'll see like you'll walk into a new area and you'll see like a big sweeping kind of bird's eye view sweeping shot that kind of settles in on the character or whatever they just a lot of times look a little too perfect a little too floaty a little too light there's no weight to the movement while whenever you watch like a movie like the camera there's like a there, i don't know I, it's hard to explain it's more of like a yeah. subconscious thing where there's like a weight to the movement yeah, it's I, it's I, not perfect. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's like drawing a line from zero to a hundred, and and something moves perfectly, you know, from zero to a hundred without versus uh real yeah. There's camera, no acceleration. Have, it'll it'll have you know uh, variances in the movement that 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 aren't just sometimes they're random for a certain effect, but they're but it's almost have, not even registering to like yeah. It could be it could be oh this is now perfectly like. Some there there are directors like Fincher who's known for you know having a camera only move when it's completely inspired by the by the actor's movement so you can you you're hiding the movement with them. Other times you, you a camera leads an actor or follows an act or lags behind an actor specifically because there's an element to the visual element that it's trying to 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 impart on the viewer or whether it's uh, a psychological state or a tone or something like that. And yeah, I think there's a, there's, there is, I mean, very cinematic games in, in their cinematics, I think we'll use that, but there are a lot of that where it, there's, it's just because their tools are built of like, okay, I want the camera here. It'll start here. It'll go to here. Uh, maybe it'll curve a little bit. Uh, it'll, you know, and it'll take this amount of time to do this move uh and track onto this so okay let's go that's and but then there's a very little i don't think there's a lot of uh tools for introducing that kind of imperfection because yes, exactly perfection, imperfection that like perfection in it's it, the uncanny it, valley it, almost of yeah it. brings an uncanny valley and i think it's not it's not a super strong effect like but it is it is there where it, there's a fakeness or a plasticness to it because we're so used to the visual language of film of how of the imperfection of these of these movements and whatnot mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh but i think for me i think the one i've that i want to bring up as a disadvantage i know a lot of film i mean a lot of film is shot in studio so they do end up building up the world that they want to shoot but a lot of the real magic is in sh shooting in the outside world and and really capturing some things that are difficult to capture and are are almost you know magic moments that that you can barely even plan for as a filmmaker uh things that happen live outside in the world you know whether it's you capturing beautiful vistas or whatnot uh or just moments that you know whether some somebody did something that worked out perfectly uh where everything worked out and i think there's a lack of you know, in 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 digital in, in the digital world, you're building up that whole world. You're building up every aspect of it, and there's a there's an aspect of I think randomness, uh, the randomness of 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 reality, that that is kind is missing in that because you're having to build up that whole world and you're building it up based on your approximations of either the real world. Or an imagined world that's all, again based on the on yeah. That's reality. not that's not so much cinematography though. That's more like set no, design saying, slash. Saying, I I know what you're saying, but I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily what you're capturing in the real world can sometimes be more incredible than something that you're creating uh, from the ground up. 
Yeah, games, no, I know, games. but that's. I feel but like that's that... more just like creating assets than it is cinematography. Because then you could just be like anything on the frame is cinematography. Like some things are like there's like a mise en scene. You know what I mean? It's like some things aren't like like yeah, there might be a light in a room, but like the 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 light in the room, the look of that that room was created by like a set designer or like somebody who creates the the rooms and then the actual light being used that's like the decision made by like the cinematographer being like you know to serve the story or to serve the setting of whatever the director or like the set designer or the, you know or whatever the equivalent is in in video gaming decided true but that's that's like that's if you're imagining that everything is always perfectly intentional on uh, which generally you're trying to everything you put on the frame is trying to be there intentionally but sometimes you do something by accident that's it's a happy accident that just it, it perfectly it still accomplishes what you're trying to accomplish but it's not something you planned and it turns out better than what you planned and i think that level of randomness in whether it's hey i pointed a light and it reflected off this like water puddle that was there and it, and it hit this other thing and it went through these shades that we didn't even like they weren't even at the right angle that we, we thought it was going to be and wow now it's creating this beautiful scene that we didn't even you know plan necessarily for and i think yeah but i'm sure that exists yeah no i i agree but i'm sure it exists in different ways in a digital environment though sure. like I you mean, can I, I don't know enough to argue about that <laughs> i mean i'm not arguing about it i, I like i no, don't I'm... know at the end of the day but like i feel like that might exist where you kind of like program something or you put something somewhere and you're like oh like that actually worked out like crazy so i, I don't think it would be the same but i think those kind of quote happy accidents might happen in a different context again we're not video game makers we like video games and we have worked on set before so that is that again that is our background in this uh sam do you have any uh can you think of any advantages or disadvantages of either format or either media um like i think we've touched on a lot the big advantage is a complete control of where the light is coming from where the camera is set up and going uh, if it's a camera that's following the player in motion one of the disadvantages you guys touched on is the fact that like as a species, we've existed for, like, the modern human, I think, is, like, 50 or 60,000 years old. And one of the advantages we have of that is that we know what a human looks like. And digital cinematography, like, within a frame is getting there, and it's close. But there's just something about when artificial light bounces off of an artificial person, no matter how well they do it, it just doesn't quite look right. I, I think we're close. We're much closer than we were even Ray like tracing, I feel like, is, is like, we're like, again, this it's isn't close. a technical thing, but like ray tracing is pretty much there where it's like the out, like, I think the basis is there for like, yeah. I think ray tracing uh, in a couple of years will be like, uh, I'd agree with you that far. Like it's something like, and I'm talking about modern 2022 gaming sort of thing. Like I'm not, if you're listening to this podcast four or five years in the future, maybe we solved it, maybe it the thing. But yeah, I, I will say one of the disadvantages of digital cinematography is that as humans, especially older ones like myself, having grown up on television and been around just the real world for however many decades, your mind, I find my eyes still kind of easily goes, that's not real. Now, there, there are subtle things which I'm sure have fooled me that I thought was real that aren't in, in the past. But when playing a video game, you're already used to the artifice of it. Like, you know, oh, I'm holding a controller. I'm using a keyboard and mouse. You know, like you, your brain is already saying what I'm experiencing isn't real. And Every once in a while, uh, it's sort of hard to think of something specific, but I know I've had moments where I'm playing a video game and I'm like, okay, I get what you're going for here, uh, director of photography or whatever the equivalent is in film, in the uh, video game industry. But there's something about this. This doesn't just quite feel right. 
uh, and it's not just an uncanny valley thing for uh, human faces where, you know, that, that moment where it's like it's almost perfect but not quite. But, yeah, I just find that, like, you know, the, one of the disadvantages of the thing is, like, you're aware it's not real. And I've yet to play a game that completely took me out of the thing to the point where I was like, oh, yeah, this is 100% firing on all uh, cylinders and checking all the boxes of what I know to be cinematography and what I expect in a visual medium. Yeah. What, one last thing I guess I'll say uh, you you touched on it like ever so briefly as far as like kind of like uh, faking with lights or whatever. Mm-hmm. What one thing like in a video game like when you're shooting something outside, especially um, you know inside too, you can kind of cheat it with lights through windows or whatever. But like you're dependent on time of day. Like if you want to shoot something at magic hour, you gotta be ready for it. You want to shoot something at two p.m. where the sun is you know hanging over exactly perfectly over this actor's you know left shoulder, and it's gonna look like the shadows are gonna look good with the bounce, whatever. You're dependent on shooting that at 2 p.m. You maybe have till like 2.15 p.m. to like get that perfect before like the lights changed where it's, you know, not necessarily optimal. In a video game, you don't have that. You can put the sun here and you, and you leave it there. Like obviously there are, you know, uh, what do you call it? Kind of like, you know, time does change in a video game or whatever. But like if you're going for like a set piece moment, you can set it where the sun is here. Done. Like it's it's, you know, you're going to nail that every time. I, this is just a very minor aside on yeah, this whole yeah, topic. I will say, if I'm playing an open world game or something where it's like I'm exploring a landscape or something, it really takes me out if there isn't a day night cycle now. Like I, I can't d- even tell. I can't tell you what what game like hasn't had oh, a day night cycle. It, 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 most like, of them have it now, but like things yeah. older games like Dragon Age Inquisition, which came out actually a long time ago, eight years ago, was pretty good. But I remember playing and going like, "Why is the sun never setting here? Why is it always perpetually like afternoon in the hinterlands?" You know. Okay. Well, one thing as an aside, one thing that super annoys me in Kotor is when you're walking around, you're just walking around towns with your weapons out. I'm just like, ah, why is there no like sheathing the weapons? <laughs> I literally googled I'm like there must be like a sheath weapons button literally like googled like reddit threads apparently there's like a mod if you're playing on PC you can mod it so you sheath your weapons but other than that there's not there's, sorry quick aside on PC there probably was no there was a mod that's what I'm saying there was a mod there was a oh, mod okay. for there was a mod to sheath weapons on I PC I don't yeah, remember recall that we walked around weapons. Well, you know, now I'm kind of picturing it, yeah. But I mean, you're a annoying. Jedi it's... being hunted by jerks. You gotta wait, wait, have wait. the sabers ready, bro. I'm like, I'm like walking around town in like a bar, chatting with people with 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 two short swords out. Like, wait, you don't do that? I always walk into a bar with two guns, and I'm like, hey guys, what's going on? Yeah, I'll have a yeah, but it's because we live in Texas, and that's allowed. Yeah. When you said you don't like games that don't have uh, light cycles, do you, uh, do you um, would you say you also don't like when they do re- region specific lighting. Like, like, what? would you be okay if, like, okay, uh, in this location, th- you know, it's di- it's always noon, and in this location, it's always dark. yeah, this like that. I I just now. find it sort of um, whenever I'm in a game that has a relatively open world policy, now something like an Uncharted game or even Last of Us, where it's like. Oh, okay. You know, this is taking place. You know, at this story beat where it's evening, so it'll be evening. For yeah, a long that, that's fine. It's yeah. it's fine, but even then, like, I'm a little like, if let's say there's some puzzle I'm working on, and I'm like, okay, it's been sunset now for like an hour and a half because I'm an idiot and I haven't moved up past this part. But uh, it doesn't. 
you can you can it it doesn't fully bother me but i i have definitely like um like do you remember the batman arkham games they always took place at night and i remember i'd be like batman arkham city i guess was the second one or something like that and i'd be like batting it up punching villains oh hey there's two face two punches for two faces uh but then like i remember one point going like I've been at this for like a solid 12 hours and day has not come. It's like suddenly we're all fucking in Dark City. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, that's a minor complaint. It's a very minor complaint, about, but that's not really cinematography. That's just a design choice. Do you really want uh, Batman to be like, okay, well, it's daytime now. I got to go home, change out of my clothes. Uh, funnily enough, stand by, chumperinos. The new Gotham Knights game does that. Apparently it's daytime, like oh. when when you go back to your hideout. So it's kind of saying like the, I, I don't know. I'm just saying like the game should be a way to the thing. But you're right, Batman doesn't really do a lot at night uh, during. Okay, the day. it's like it's like if you're if you do a level that like takes place where you're supposed to like infiltrate a party like a black tie event at night, and you're like standing there for eight hours, like it's like what is the party gonna end and it's gonna be daytime and everybody went home like and you missed your opportunity. And yeah, it's, it depends like, on how the party's going. I mean, if it's a good. I guess crowd. I feel like Hitman are like I, I feel like the Hitman games. I think the like Hitman that. games are like that as well. It's like oh, you've got to kill these people. There on is a, a time sunny frame, afternoon. Man. Yeah, it, it's sort of like it doesn't necessarily bother me with every game it happens in it's just one of those things where especially with like an open open world games especially open if world i'm walking games, around you, you better have a day night cycle i don't th- it, i can't even tell if you it's just like oh yeah i guess it's night it's a little darker now i don't know that that's a very minor thing but again that i don't think that's a cinematography issue so much even though it's technically lighting so much as a design choice and i'm yeah. sure there's reasons they do that for whatever reason yeah i think it's they're just like i don't know and then also you have like though i was going to mention quickly you have those like areas on like an open world map where it's like you're standing in one place and then you start walking towards an area and then all of a sudden it goes like doom and gloom and then you like start walking backwards and the doom and gloom goes away yeah. <laughs> and then you like walk forward five steps and the doom and gloom's there yeah. that one always takes me out of it a little bit it's like, uh, I, I know I you're talking about 100% it's like I understand this kind of area is the doom and gloom area but there needs to be some sort of transition I guess as opposed to just like oh if you like literally these five steps it changes from like beautiful sunny afternoon to like doom and gloom and I think most games nowadays don't really have that but i remember like a lot of like older like ps2 yeah. games and whatever like you used MMOs to see that a lot. especially i think are very mm-hmm. or, like especially older ones are very uh, guilty of that new yeah, world does that, the doom yeah. and gloom area okay there's nothing yeah, and in it goes it away sunny fields just look five meters mm-hmm. over yeah exactly exactly anyway all right we are an hour and nine minutes here so let us move (laughs) on so we've talked about a little bit here and there about different games that we thought had you know good cinematography we kind of name dropped a few but uh now we're gonna hop into um kind of we're gonna choose one game or you whatever you can talk about a few different games whatever we'll 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 free ball it here but yeah sam is there uh any game or game series or games that particularly caught your eye cinematography uh yeah i'm gonna talk quickly about of course it's me so the mass effect series um just for more interesting when replaying it recently how we've come a long way baby uh it's very kind of it's an interesting game because it's it came the first one came out in 2008 i think the last one was in 2013 if i remember the math correctly so it was in this bigger transition period towards the of what we were getting as a quality in gaming and that included the cinematography within a game but it was kind of interesting because it employed a lot of the uh what should we call it the techniques thank you that's the word thank you me of uh, cinematography like the opening of the very first game mass effect has a shot where the first time you're introduced to shepherd 
they're looking in a window and I believe there's a slightly refresh reflection there. And then Shepard heads to the bridge to go talk to thing as people are like, is this the right person for the job? It's the only person for the job, but it's got like a sort of handy cam kind of steady cam feel behind it. One of the, like, what I'm going to say is that the mass effect series basically took a lot of the language of film and did the best they could to faithfully bring that into video games. They weren't just like, Oh, we are going to try and do that. But they like, they, a lot of the scenes felt like, Oh, you know what? They didn't just go like, yeah, let's put a camera here and like try to do three point lighting, whatever. But they actually felt like, Oh, we're trying to treat these shots, especially the cutscenes, which we've talked about may or may not count as, uh, what you would call it film, like using the film language. And also it's a game that, especially in mass effect two, mass effect one was kind of, flat lit and very dark in places but mass effect 2 uh really loved to paint its sets with light like they had an ongoing motif for where i'm not sure it's a motif but a t- gimmick in the game where every everything's like a hologram like you know everything's just light like you know your your monitor is just a bunch of lights that you could put your hand through if you wanted to kind of thing and they used color and lighting very well in that series all the way from the start to the end to invoke emotion to emphasize what you're supposed to be looking at including the legendary butt shot of miranda in season two where she's all like i'm genetically engineered to be good looking and it's literally just i think they got rid of it in the masses but it's literally just like her butt is taking up the full third left third of the frame and you're off in the background just yeah. staring at her it's it's almost yeah, like a straight up creative uh, framing right there yeah the it feels like not naturally that low and it's not like it's putting her in the foreground yeah and it's subjectively supposed to make sense because she's talking about how even even my body is something that i can use which is not a very pc statement for today in the way they were framing it but um but it has like a real kind of uh oh what's the dustin hoffman movie the the graduate where like that scene where he's like framed by the legs of, of uh, Mrs. Robinson, that's kind of what it felt like on shot. But again, the Mass Effect series does a lot of stuff, including and this isn't cinematography, this is an editing thing. At one moment, very minor spoiler: there is a character who is known in the second one for singing a specific song, and in his emotional and character arc completion in the third one, he is cut off mid-song when he dies and it's super emotional and it super works. How is that a minor spoiler? After the third game, a character dies. Yo, Honestly, these games came out a long ago. Yeah, like I'm, a just saying, ago. I'm just We're saying. I'm just saying. That's not the, a minor spoiler, as as quoted away. by Who Sam. Is, who's the character? Oh, uh, no, I won't say. I won't say because the thing is, you may as soon not as a character hear... sings a song, I'm going to be like, "Oh, that character." You may not hear because you have to interact with that character several times to get the song out of them. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, it's 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 a game series that understands the language of film, cinematography, and editing, and even art direction. And basically, it was the closest I've come to playing a movie series, even though by today's standards, the graphics wouldn't hold up and a lot of the gameplay is sort of good, but not great. Uh, It is a game series that really understood cinematography, uh, film language and film rules and did their best to follow them, even when you're playing and not in a cutscene. The end. I'm done. If anybody else wants to talk, go ahead. Yeah. All right. So my uh, game. So for actually, I just wanted to talk about uh, one interesting game before I get into my game. Did you guys ever play the newest God of War game? Nope. N- no, but I, I, <laughs> I watched all the cinematics on YouTube. Well, that's the thing. It's like 
there kind of is there kind of are no cinematics in that game because that game from beginning to end is one shot there's no cut point there's no cut point whatsoever in that game the game starts this you see a cinematic and it uh follows the character and you follow the character throughout the whole game it does not cut it'll like it'll pan off once in a while during a cinematic or whatever but it will there's no edit point in that game maybe there's like an edit point right at the end of the game i never beat the game so maybe like right at the end of the game there's like a symbolic edit point that i don't know about but from what i played of that game i mean from what i hear online there's no edit points and i just thought that's like a really cool thing i don't know i'm sure that there's other games that have done that but i, th- I thought that was a really cool little uh mechanic on behalf of video game editors everywhere i'm appalled why are they trying to take us out of a job or take them yes. out of a job i'm sure there is straight up editors though for like cinematics oh yeah i'm sure cinematics are like i said probably weirdly as time goes by they're getting treated more and more like a film shoot including having somebody whose job is to cut the stuff together like even trailer editing is a full-on editing job so like video game trailer editing so yeah no you're 100 percent right yeah so my game that i'm going to choose for uh cinematography so they're they're, like i have there there was this was a hard one for me to narrow down there's there's a bunch of different games like the, the like Silent Hill one and two. Well, really, the Silent Hill series has outstanding cinematography, lighting, uh, crazy like camera moves that like turn into like Dutch angles and shit. So that that was on my list. But I I eventually wanted to go with uh, Breath of the Wild, which we talked about a little bit earlier. I'm glad that we didn't go super into it. But Breath of the Wild for you know the Switch slash Wii U Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is uh, my choice. Now this game is very minimalistic in very in, in many different senses. There's a very uh, strong stylistic choice when it comes to framing and camera angle. Pretty much the whole game, you are uh, following Link. That is obviously your main character. But now Link in the screen, and I, I remember right when I started playing this game, it actually kind of annoyed me how tiny most video games your character is like taking up the vast majority of of your screen it is like the vast majority of like again if it is third person if you're a first person it you don't see your character and that's a whole different kind of cinematography i guess that's like almost like first person cinematography like vr almost anyway so your character is it's it's kind of more of like a, like i mean you can ch- choose a perspective choose the perspective of the camera but it's kind of more of like a top down your character is very small and it's very much to emphasize how small link is in this giant world i'm sure most people have played breath of the wild i'm sure both of you guys have boy and you played breath of the wild yeah? yeah yeah so and i'm playing it right now yeah, yeah I, well yeah and I, I knew you were again because you also did bring it up earlier so uh Excuse it's just me. It, it's just i'm making a joke relax it, it's uh it's it's a scale where it's like you feel very minimal you feel very tiny in this huge world now this is emphasized as a specific example where you're kind of starting out the game and you start off you wake up in this temple and you wake up and you it's essentially two rooms and you walk out to the outside and as soon as you walk out to the outside you get this musical sting that happens and the camera pushes past you in an expressionistic camera move i mean it starts off motivated because you are moving but then it pushes past you and it kind of shows this entire expanse like kind of like what boyan was saying of um showing kind of like a bird's eye, not so much a bird's eye view well you are up on a plateau so i guess a little bit but you see a big expanse of the huge region in front of you and then it kind of like settles back in on you and you're again this small little character in this world and it's you know 
it's like that for pretty much the whole game. When you're climbing climbing up a mountain, you see like a bunch of the mountain and Link is kind of like this small figure climbing up. And it just adds to the scale of the world, of, you know, the enemies you're fighting, of the big bosses that you're fighting. Another game that utilizes the same technique, I'm not sure if you guys have played it, but Shadow of the Colossus, which, I mean, if you've played Breath of the Wild and you've played Shadow of the Colossus, there is a lot that Breath of the Wild, I'm not going to say stole, but lovingly, you know, paid homage to. Yeah, it paid homage and used as inspiration. And that's one thing that, uh, excuse me, uh, Shadow of the Colossus did really well is showing the scale of your character, how small they are, especially in relation to the big colossi, colossuses that you fight. And they're, you know, the game pretty much, like Shadow of the Colossus is pretty much seven boss fights. I forgot how many there are. There's not much to do. There are a couple little hidden little areas, but there's not much to do in Shadow of the Colossus other than going to these enemies. So like it conveys this scale of uh, this small scale compared to the world, compared to the enemies very well in both games. Now, like the atmosphere of uh, Breath of the Wild, which is, you know, punctuated by the music. Again, the music is perfect. It's very minimalistic, but they really captured this atmosphere of a lot of games do the post-apocalyptic world. Now, this post-apocalyptic world in Breath of the Wild, it's like this, the apocalypse happened 100 years ago, and it's like the world has moved on. And you just kind of like are hearing about this ap- apocalypse through like, you know, little pieces of like lore text or like people talking or whatever. And you see these like giant scars on the ground left by these battles. You see, you know, broken down machines and guardians and whatever that you can see where these battles have happened 100 years ago. So the cinematography really just heightens that where it's like it just nails this kind of sparse quiet minimalistic very lonely because you know there are a few people out in the world here and there but for the most part unless you're in a town that or like a stable or whatever that's where you're gonna see people so it's like it just nails this quiet beautiful aesthetic anyway i can go on and on I loved it. I don't know if you guys have anything to anything to add about Breath of the Wild cinematography. If not, I can throw it to Boyan. It it does sunlight nice in that game. Like it's yes, got very nice. Very nice. I, it's not the best I've ever seen, but that's because I've seen more modern games. But for the time, like it's it, it has a very sort of warm, calm feeling to it. Like it's a very sedate game, which I think is emphasized exactly. by the cinematography. Yeah. I was gonna say I think it actually accomplishes that whole uh every every frame is a painting. Like I remember. I mean, even even with you know uh, uh, the, the switches, graphics and, and limitations, I remember you know wherever I looked, like okay, that that just looks looks wonderful. It was calming and wonderful and peaceful wherever I looked, like no, no matter where I put a camera. And then there's a certain elements that it did where it does where it's I don't know where like when you're climbing certain like towers and and, and structures to get to the top or whatever it will put the uh, camera in a specific place where you will see the titan in the background uh the the or i forget what they call them the colossus or titan what, what do they call them those those big uh robot creatures or whatever oh uh, yeah like the guardians? guardians the guardians sorry it's been a while since i played it oh yeah You'll see dude, there, there's yeah. yeah there's a lot of situations where where you're in a region and like doing like a especially if you're like if it's you know it to do with the story uh, where when you are climbing something, where the camera goes when you're climbing, or y- you will uh, you will see in the background uh, th- this guardian. It's like us always a little you know a subtle reminder of 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 what you're trying to work towards or or, or get to or 
or the, or that region or whatever. So I, I just it just it has a lot of stuff like that. And then there's other regions where the oh Jesus, I'm my memory is terrible. The 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 bad guy, what's his name? Charles <laughs> Gannon. 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 Jesus is Gannon. Uh, Jesus is also, Ganon? Also, Whoa, what are also, we talking about here? Also, folks, uh, that's the only Zelda game I've ever played, so my, my knowledge of the lore uh, uh, is is very limited. But uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's a also... very loose there's a very loose storyline between all the games, but you can essentially treat every yeah. game other than if it's just, a I just meant like the concepts, like okay, the concepts of, uh, and the characters that that are repeated and stuff like that. But yeah, there's other regions where you see uh, the castle where Ganon is. And and it's again you see this in the background as a, like you're you're having this foreground you know beautiful vista in the background and you just see this like you know evil malevolent forest foreboding you know? yeah and it's just yeah it, there's just it, that's I think that is one of those uniquely video game cinematography things where you're you're not creating you you know you don't have the ability to create a specific frame and put all the meaning into it you have to create this whole world. And the difficulty of creating a whole world is that to for it to be cinematic uh, uh, and beautiful like that, it has to be the whole world has to be uh, uh, done in such a way that no matter where you look, you have a beautiful frame and not exactly, a lot of game. Yeah. That's that's uniquely one of the things that Breath of the Wild did really, really, really well. Now, I'm not saying other games haven't done it or haven't done it as good. I'm just saying it's one of the very standout things about it is that it just there's just you can you can you can pull out meaning and emotion and ambiance and tone out of no matter where you look uh uh you know as long as we're not you know you're not looking at the ground or whatever but wherever you look uh, uh around uh, around uh, your character around like so. Yeah, and, and that's like kind of like what we talked about before, where like uh, gameplay design influences cinematography and cinematography influences game design. It's like you can't have a beautiful frame unless there's things in this beautiful frame. And it's like, it's the game, it's it's like, you need game design to fill this world with things that are interesting, with like things that are visual inter- interesting, things that are, you know, cool to do, things that, and like that's one thing Breath of the Wild does is, is so well, is no matter where you go explore, there's always going to be a little something there for you, whether it's a treasure chest, a Korok seed, a shrine, whatever. And the last thing I wanted to say about this, I wanted to talk about this, but I, but I totally forgot. But you you touched on this uh, a little bit, Boyan, is the constraints of the Switch, the like the technological constraints. And it's like when we're talking about cinematography, we're not. It doesn't need to be like the create like we we're talking about ray tracing, where ray tracing is essentially an algorithm that the computer is doing to calculate the you know the reflection and the refraction of light bouncing off different surfaces and and how like you know light will you know a, a go through a prism or go through like a, like hit a puddle it's not just like oh it, like the like there's it's actual like a an algorithm like a mathematical algorithm of physics that's going through anyway so you don't need all these things for good cinematography and then breath of the wild you know it's not it's not a rudimentary game but it's it, it's cell shaded um, it's not like the highest fidelity in the world, but what they do with it, what they do with the lighting engine, what they do with the physics engine. I mean, I know that's not cinematography, but what they do with the game with those constraints, because I mean, it is a Wii U game essentially ported to the switch. So like this game is like fucking on, you know, it's like 10 year old hardware, if not more. And it's still astonishing. Like, like you're saying, Sam, with like the sun and whatever, mm-hmm. like the, 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 there were times where it's like, I'd be climbing up a mountain and you know, that musical sting will hit and like the sun will be setting in the background. And I'm just like, holy fuck, man. Like this game is absolutely stunning. And it's like, you know, 1080p, 
24, like, struggling for 30 frames a second. I don't even think it's P. It's got to be, like, 2997, right? Whatever. I don't know. It's not progressive. Yeah, no. But it does a great job. No, no, it is. It's P. No, Is it P? Oh, I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't interlace anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, nobody doesn't interlace anymore. Oh, so the Uh, Switch is P. Oh, great. Yeah, I is like I is like old technology. That's like fucking. Well, the yeah. switch was so old. I wasn't certain if it was still like true progressive no. uh, interlace. Right? Yeah, yeah it, like, no, I don't think interlace has been really a thing for a while. Anyway, yeah, so it's like like it can't do sixty fps. Don't get me wrong, like Mario Kart sixty fps, but like Zelda, you know, there are times where it's struggling for like twenty frames a second. Anyway, that's my spiel. I love Breath of the Wild. The more I play it, the more I think it could be my favorite game of all time. Having said that, Boyan. What 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 is your choice, or if you have a couple of choices for uh, cinematography for games? What what, what are your what's 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 your uh, off the top of your head here? I have two choices, and I believe I found uh, an interesting, I guess, historical connection between them. Not a direct connection, but just in terms of what what they've done with cinematography. And those are on the one end, it's it's Metal Gear Solid, which I guess not. The first game, but really the franchise, and the second game uh, would be Journey. Now, to start two of with my Metal favorite Gear, games of all time. Yeah, <laughs> to start. With, I mean, honestly, me too. Uh, to start with Metal, Metal Gear Solid, the franchise, and the first game or the first 3D one is is interesting historically in term, in, in in video games uh, because it's one of the very first, if not the first, that really brought cinemat the cinematic language into video games you know in in whatever limited way it could and and i'm sure there were others that did certain elements of that uh hideo kojima the you know glorious master we bound down to him uh <laughs> hideo kojima you know initially in his life he wanted to be a director and he grew up watching tons of movies with his family he grew up watching a lot of hollywood movies you know the greatest i think and he 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 cites I believe the Great Escape as, as oh times one, tons. As, as well as like James Bond anytime, stuff. Anytime you called Mei Ling, she'd always whenever you saved your game, she'd always uh, sign off with some sort of uh, cinematic reference. Exactly. So he's he's in love with cinema. Uh, he 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 wanted to be a director, but and I think he absolutely for the time and place, he probably made the best choice. Where from what I've read in in his interviews, where he you know it was a very hard path. Uh, and it was also not something uh, that was diff- easy to do in Japan, uh, and uh, and he wanted something that he still chose something that was artistic and creative, but it was a little bit more of a stable job. And uh, but in in I think in that like in the fact that his original dreams didn't work out, the world is a lot, a lot richer for it because he brought a lot of uh, the cinematic language or cinema language into games with the Metal Gear Solid series where, and I think it's an interesting, if you watch that fran- like if you play the main games in that franchise, the interesting thing is watching him go from making an homage or a, or just copying stuff, stuff straight up in the cinematics and just, you know, copying what filmmakers do to, then fully going into he now he like he understanding the language and really really using that cinematic language and 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 referencing rather than referencing specific movies he references whole genres and styles and everything so not to get anywhere like specific in any of those games because there's a lot to cover there but uh i mean there's so many there's a lot of standout 
beautiful scenes. And I like I did I know I did say you know uh, if it's a cinematic in a movie, it's basically a short movie that you're putting into your game. But considering that this was the beginning of of uh, or close to the beginning of this kind of uh, of of, do, of this kind of language of, of putting cinematic language in, into video games, uh, I, I don't think I don't think that takes anything away from from what he accomplished there. And considering its effect in the video game industry, uh, I guess if you hate cinematics, you can blame Hideo Kojima. But uh, for the time, what he did was incredible. And not all those. I mean, I remember some of those cinematics. You could you could you could slightly move the camera a little bit in some of them. There, there was some interactability and then he did a lot of interesting stuff like where you know game took broke the fourth wall and whatnot again that's outside of cinematography but he developed he started to, he adapted film cinematography into video games and he and then he developed a little bit of that language in video gaming and i think we're all we're all the uh, richer for it uh and honestly it's i can't wait to one day replay all those games because it's been a long time but uh, well i, I don't know I, if you I heard fondly, but there's I don't know if you heard. There's going to be uh, rumors are there's HD remake for one two three. <gasps> you didn't hear about I, this? Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, As of like a couple yes. days ago, a couple days ago, uh, the rumor broke, and it's like that is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty much confirmed. Like it's and, still and rumor. And I'm glad if four, it's only those three because the four, I four yo, is still incredible put, looking. No. And oh, okay, okay, I thought you were going to talk shit about four. No, 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 no. I love four. No, I'm just saying. I just I don't think four needs a remake. I, I no. I, have, I mean, it was on PS4. Oh no, PS3. The, like, it was on PS3. So I have the like collector's edition, and I and I fucking love it. Uh, I think, and honestly, I I think I've in a previous episode where I brought it up, I cite the uh, the final battle uh, in Metal Gear Solid Four uh, with uh, Revolver Ocelot or whatever his name is at the time, like on on the ship. On the ship, I cite that as as, as and you have like a medley of all the and like you have the a medley, medley of all the like, different songs and the life bar changes the life bar changes depending on like that what, I will like, say and the fighting yeah, stance yeah, yeah, and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will so say uh, uh, that is exactly to my point of like where he started off with homages to 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 films that he grew up with to using the film language, but then in that scenario in that fight, it's it's both using the, the film language of how of how they're showing and all the that. metal gear language uh to to also like really like going into uh, uh making it you know mixing it merging it with game language right with the whole uh, uh graphics changing and bar and you know life bar changing and all that stuff it's it's it does a really interesting thing with what it's playing with like your understanding of video game language of like what these things represent and what it's trying to show you know all the time that all the all the time and character growth that these people have gone through. So I think yeah, it's, that, and... that kind of encapsulates his growth as a, both uh, as a lover of cinema and, and somebody who introduced to video games, but as a director and as a video game director. So I, but, I think, but also, brilliant. also he's gotten a little bit masturbatory in his later games. Yeah. 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 He, but having said that, like metal gear, the first time I played metal gear, like, it starts off and you have, you know, like the opening cinematic. Again, I know this isn't cinematography, but it's cinema related. But like you have the opening cinematic of like Snake like swimming through the tunnel, like the underground kind of sewer uh, thing. And there's like opera music playing and there's like titles and there's like they're showing like the, the names of the voice actors and who they're playing. And like my brain, I'm like, holy shit, this is like a movie. Like I up until that point... Like obviously, I played games with with 
title screens and whatever but like this was like i'm like holy shit this is a movie this has some like adult music like i've never i've never heard a game that had fucking opera in it like you know what i mean scores yeah 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 it's it, it like it's insane like i had never played anything like that and then like like you said like he I'm not going to say he invented cinematics like like cinematics had been around before that. And I know, again, we like, I don't know. I, I think my definition is a little bit looser on. than yours. Metal Gear Solid was a PS1 game, right? Yeah. And there wasn't too much like of cinema cinematics before that. There was maybe Final mm, Fantasy. I'm not going to. Seven. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it's it was the first one though. Is all I'm saying. I'm gonna say no, like no. it's it's the, it's it the definitely, beginnings of that. Of that yeah, era. yeah, yeah. No, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that 100. And it definitely kind of elevated it, like the the in-game cinematic, or maybe not in-game, but like the you know the the scripted cinematic. And like yeah, you had things where you know if you like pushed up against the wall, you could like see around a corner because the camera was fixed in that game for the most part. It was kind of like a, like a top-down view. Yeah, yeah. It did, inter- um, yeah. It did interesting things to like change things around. I think that's that's the attempt to try and frame things while also keeping it to the character. And sometimes that was a little bit of a annoying thing, like when you were trying to do something specific. But yeah, it yeah. I mean, that is that is the, like the limitation of the hardware. Like they they did yeah. bring it back in Twin Snakes for the GameCube, where they did add the uh, first person shooting. Um, I mean, you could kind of do first person shooting in an MGS like with a sniper, but otherwise, yeah, it was like you know limited by the technology like we were talking about earlier with breath of the wild but it's like yeah it's like you had these scenes you know with all the bosses the bosses always got to like kind of pontificate and you got to like know the bosses before you fought them and like that was again very filmic again not not cinematic but like you know speaking that same film language where it's not like oh here's a boss kill him on to the next boss it's like every time you fought a boss you knew their wants you knew their desires you knew their backstory yada 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 but yeah i i i, I love that shit Tim, well, I guess you never played Metal Gear Solid. No. Nope. Do you have any? Do you have any <laughs> thoughts about uh, Kojima or Metal Gear? Uh, there's only one good Metal Gear Solid game. That's Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain. All right. Uh, so Journey. Get out of here. Uh, he like he he thinks he's funny. He says anytime Metal Gear is brought up, he says that. So. Yeah. Boo. I never finished that one. I just say Metal Gear got so is and a boring. different platform than I was on when it came out, and it just. I don't know what it is. Like I played, like I said, I think we talked about this the other day. I played a bit of Metal Gear Solid Two. Starts on a tanker? Question mark. Yes. And I got through the tanker, and I was like, "Yeah, it's all right." Like, oh, yeah. You almost got through the tanker. You're like, "I got to this part," and I'm like, "Yeah." I got to this part. I'm like, "That's the end of the tanker." If I'm watching a movie and 10, 15 minutes into it, I'm bored as hell. There's a good chance I'm going to stop. That tanker mission is such a good mission. It's like a perfect vertical slice of the game. You're right. I'm wrong. Go on. Let's. I'm going to throw it to you, Andrew. So what do you want to talk about next? Maybe Journey? Um, <laughs> Boyan? Did you mean Boyan? Yeah, sorry. I was just going to tie in where, like, if if Metal Gear Solid was, uh, you know, if not the first, the beginnings of, you know, using cinematic language and, and scripted cinematics in in video games, then I think Journey, to me, is like a weird, like, it's this is like the evolution of cinematography and gameplay are completely sort of merged right obviously it has no no cinematics but it you could play that game it kind of it kind of does there there are a few moments where like the camera pans out and like you see your character from like a first a fixed perspective okay it may not i'm just saying it's not it's not cutting to a cutscene 
I'm saying it's right, all, right. It's There's no like expositional yeah. cutscenes. Yes, yeah. But basically, what I'm trying to say is, you could be playing that game, and somebody could be sitting next to you and watching it, and it's little. They could literally just feel like they're watching a short movie. Like if you're, unless you're bumbling around and making it stupid. But it's it, everything. Everything in the game was beautiful, but it also served uh, the ambiance and mood and tone, and you know, with no dialogue and no, no, you know none of those elements to to inform and tell you what the story is about everything is based on uh, on the visual right or rather whether it's the art direction of that gives you clues about what happened to this world and what you're supposed to be doing or or if it's the music that's informing it but but it's also the lighting the tone changes that the lighting brings you know when you go from your first desert to to the to the you know when everything turns red because of the because of the setting sun and then you know first time you're going deep underground it's that those deep blues uh and and, and when, like just when, when light is just the reflection and yeah that's uh, almost like uh, the underwater segment yeah and then use and in the camera like there's this thing the camera is also there's a lot of use of camera of like you know, uh, if you're going fast across the landscape or sliding down, you know, the camera it, it places itself in such a way that gives you a, a more interesting shot in terms of like the, your its distance from you. So the the, the distance factor uh, is is I would say I mean obviously it's a gameplay thing, but it's also a very it it's also serves the dual purpose of uh, a, of a cinematic purpose, and I think that comes most to it's like that's expressed the most when you know you're used to the camera being at a certain distance most of the time when you're doing stuff then you get to that final well not final but when you get to finally to the top of the mountain and you're freezing to death and the camera starts getting really close and it's just like you're you as as your character is is dying so is the camera getting closer and closer and more closed off and limited you know it's almost like as as your character's eyes, if you could, if they have eyes, I can't really remember, uh, is clo- are closing, you know, to death. So is the camera closing off the world around it. It just there's so many beautiful elements of just a pure sort of merging of cinema, uh, cinematography and the visual language and gameplay language, and they serve each other in in a really interesting way. I mean, and uh, after you know, and that's obviously that even. And even the whole like tone of uh, the t- tonal changes throughout the film, like it's not film. See, and I call it a film now. <laughs> Through the game, uh, you know, it's they're they're very, very beautiful, very fantastic, and they all serve the story that can only be told through visuals. That it, it has nothing else to rely on other than the gameplay and the visuals. So I think it's it's a very beautifully done thing, and I think it's an evolution of something that started off as a rough like, okay, we're gonna take cinema language and we're going to put it as an aspect in our game to tell the story and over time people have been experimenting in all sorts of ways of merging gameplay and cinematic aspects without separating them artificially uh and i think journey encapsulates a beautiful uh uh new language uh, uh of gameplay and cinema I, I think the perfect example of, of that that point is obviously it, it's it's iconic. But as like as soon as you start the game, there's no like there's nothing. There's not like oh press this button to jump. Oh there's no waypoints. There's no map. You literally start the game. You're in the middle of the desert, and in the background there's a giant mountain with a light hitting it. So yeah. as soon as you like that is the absolute purest 
form of marrying cinematography and gameplay where it's like you're in a desert what do i need to do there's that visual indication oh there's nothing else in this vast expanse i guess i walk towards that mountain and essentially that's what the whole game is is you're walking towards the mountain so like in in my opinion it's like there, there there's no more perfect honestly no more pure form of marrying the two than in journey now, having said that, it, like Journey, as I said, is one of my favorite games I've talked about on this podcast more than once. Um, but yeah, like in that game, you experience every emotion in the span of what, two hours, two, three hours. Yeah. Um, the game only takes you, you know, two, two and a half, three hours to beat. Um, you can get it down much f- faster. But like in that two hours, you experience uh, confusion, excitement, trepidation, fear, yeah. hopelessness. Exist- you're having an existential crisis at the end of the game. Arousal? Um, I wouldn't say arousal. Yeah, I, I joy. Believe, honestly, joy. I believe you made at that the very end of it. I was the, just about the, to say the joy, yeah, the exuberance, exuberance as you're flying through the air. So it's like, yeah, you experience essentially like every human emotion through throughout the course of this game. And like, you know, that's not just done through cinematography, but like, uh, you know, there is, you know, Austin Wintory did an incredible soundtrack for that for that game, which is um, at the time was the only video game ever nominated for an Emmy. So like like it just all these things mesh together including the outstanding cinematography which you know goes from you know the outstanding lighting the um you know the just pretty much everything we've talked about is has been encapsulated in, in that game like you were saying so yeah couldn't agree more with journey yeah i like journey yeah <laughs> there you have it sam Lake's journey. didn't finish it though again it's it's a two-hour game gotta That's have a crazy. story i gotta have a motivation other than head towards it the has light. a story it has a story i mean barely you to, not really you have to pay attention that's it there is lore there is lore in the game there is lore. um anyway it's just not so, given to you in a platter that's what it is so i guess to finish up which hopefully we will be brief because we have we're almost at two hours here um i guess we'll talk a little bit about the future of uh cinematography obviously with more of a focus on you know cinematography in a digital space yeah so i guess sam i'll throw it to you what do you what are your thoughts on cinematography especially in gaming moving forward where, where, where do you think we're going you know as far as even technology technology or even stylistic choices well funnily whatever. enough we've already touched on my thoughts of future gaming it's the fact that i you're going to see a closer merging of the film industry cinematography and video game industry cinematography because they both have things that they can borrow from the other that work uh like um i mean the most obvious example is how much stuff is done in a computer these days for a lot of modern television even minor stuff like yes obviously visual effects like exploding white houses or whatever will require some visual effects but i i think what's gonna happen is is that there in with the passage of time and once we start having like generations like uh the millennials and then even to more uh extent gen z and gen alpha mature they're going to be so used to the language of video games that the cinema cinematographical cinematographic language cinematic cinematic Uh, we're talking cinematography specifically but yeah the cinematic language of both i think in 30 or 40 years time will be basically interchangeable now one it'll be more like oh are you watching a passive uh, entertainment or are you watching active entertainment rather than the more 
the stronger distinction between film and video games. Like, I, I think you're going to see that they're both going to start having languages for both and use things that, like, if you grew up playing video games, like, oh, I understand why it was shot or what they're trying to say here in this film. And I think, actually, it'll probably be less if you grew up watching movies only. I think with Passage of Time, they're going to start doing things that will not feel quite so natural to us as they are doing right now with stuff. And uh, how about you, Andrew or Boyan? Yeah, that, that was my point, too, is like, I think they're, you're going to see them. Yeah, I think you're going to see them more meld. And li- like you said, you know, a lot of times stuff is done on a green screen with, you know, digital lighting and, and stuff like that, where it's, you know, as of right now, you whenever when you see digital lighting, well, I mean, when it's noticeable, I'm sure there's times when it's not noticeable, but like, sometimes it looks a little hammy when it's, you know, when it looks bad. And like, yeah, like you have a lot of films that, you know, there might be an action sequence where like the action sequence is like 100% CG. So it's like, that's essentially like a cinematic in a video game. I know, again, we Mm -hmm. were talking more specifically in gameplay cinematography, but I mean, like if you have like some crazy fight and it's 100% CG, like that's just a cinematic cutscene, essentially, you know what I mean? In a movie. So I think you will get more and more of that, which is sad. I mean... There's there obviously is something to be said about, you know, real sets, uh, you know, real interaction between actors, this and that. But I think more and more we'll see kind of like maybe even actors, you know, just doing voice lines. It won't be like that ever. I mean, uh, only I don't think it'll be like that, you know, exclusively in a movie. But I think there will be times, too, where it's like, oh, they'll have like the CG whatever the cg tom cruise or well maybe not tom cruise because he loves doing his own stunts but it's like you know the cg actor and they're doing like we're not there yet there's still you know technology is not quite there yet there's still the uncanny valley but i wouldn't be surprised and you know even in the future too if like uh an artist maybe maybe it'll be in poor taste uh who knows what you know future people will think but like maybe there'll be an actor who passed away and then this guy's still starring in movies with like you know like there's like deep fake technology and like these guys are still starring in movies or whatever or you have like you know this guy like a person playing him and they like stick the actor's face on him you know you have that as a with the uh twins in um social network uh where they were played by two different actors but the one guy's he did the the face of both of them anyway getting off topic here long story short i agree with you sam i think we're going to see the melting of the two i think the language like you said is going to be more kind of like synonymous with both and i think a lot of the future of it will be uh we touched on it a little bit earlier with like c uh with uh vr i think that's going to play a little bit more into kind of like the cinematic aspect to things and like that's easy to do in vr if you're like on an on rail type thing where you're like kind of like forced through an environment in a certain way but then it's like finding how to make things cinematic wherever like you're looking wherever you're standing whatever but i mean it's the same with like fps like first person shooters or whatever or like even a regular game where it's like you're trying to make these cinematic moments anywhere anyway those are my thoughts on things uh boy i'll throw it to you what are your thoughts here uh i think we're we're basically already i mean it's already in the future of this mixing of i mean there's already there's been a lot like we've talked before in terms of cgi I think gaming has taken many years to to get up to the level where they're doing near photorealistic stuff, whereas cinematography, or sorry, films, if they're adding, if they have CGI elements, the, the quite often the goal is to make it as as photoreal as possible. Uh, so, whereas 
you know, the CG, CGI in, in film has been kind of working at that level. Games have caught up to that level. And now the games have caught up to that level where they can process photorealistic uh, uh, images at real time instead of, have, you know, having the luxury of film where they could render it over uh, many long periods of time uh, for just, you know, a few seconds sometimes. Uh, now that they've met up at this point, the the we've already seen the the wonderful result of that, which is uh, w the first to use it was the Mandalorian uh, with with their volume, the LED volume, where they're using Epic's oh, what's the engine uh, engine called again? Uh, Unreal Engine. Unreal, yes, Unreal. So they're using Epic's Unreal Engine to to project on onto these LEDs. Uh, a, a photoreal CGI world and they're tying that digital world that's projected behind the actors to uh, to a location uh, to a, a tracker on the camera so so that the uh, what the camera is seeing behind the actor is is tied in perspective to, to what we're showing behind them uh, and I think that's that's that is the beginning of something interesting and wonderful and, and in terms of that melding of the two technologies because that's straight up just a game engine that's been repurposed uh by ilm uh in partnership with epic to to to, to create these photoreal backgrounds uh and it, it's allowing film uh or film and tv productions to not only save time and money but also be able to shoot show locations that that would be too expensive to shoot in for most televisions too time consuming I mean, this isn't is is not too good for us, for those of us who work in film, because there's a lot less people needed for once that once that volume is built, there's a lot less people needed on set to do things and to light things um, than uh, now than with this technology. But in terms of technology, I think that's it's a wonderful mixing of the two because video games, you know, got up to that point and now that they're being used. Uh, one of the biggest engines in video games is being used in film to to really expand this tool of not having to use blue screen, not having to make the world later in, C in CGI, but making it before, allowing the actors to feel the light of the space they're in, to to see the 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 area that they're that they're in instead of having to imagine it. It's enhancing that and the technology. Like for those that are not in the industry, that you know that's not just the Mandalorian. That's not just Disney that technology after the Mandalorian like took off and, and, and every studio that's, that can support it anywhere in the world is trying to build it. Those, those, the, 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 the LEDs for it are on back order for years because everyone's trying to build these studios because the, the capabilities brought to film is incredible. And then on the other end, you, you something that you guys brought up earlier in video games, uh, they're trying to bring more real people into their uh, motion capture, into their video games and real acting via motion capture. And, you know, it's not just, it's not anymore just recording action so that your characters can move correctly. It's recording performances. The Last of Us is one of, is one of the, not the only, but one of the, one of the great examples of really using motion capture and facial motion capture to, to record nuance in, in animation and 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 just nuance in in how how people act and move uh and 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 perform and whatnot so those are all there's not just people that are you know 
asked to you know usually before with promotion capped it was you know developers or somebody that they hired to just say hey, do a walk go over there run exactly it's more of like a physical stuff yeah now you're now seeing it's, the motion capture the face actors, for capture people yeah now on screen or voice actors who know how to move and they're yeah they're they're doing the real performances they're not being captured and so uh, as far as like visual language i think a lot i think i don't i don't know how much more can change i think they uh gameplay game, video games have been have taken a lot of inspiration from cinema cinema video visual language does not change drastically i think a lot of it is very universal um and it, it changes very slowly it can add things to it but it doesn't and i don't think video games will they'll they'll have some inspiration but i don't think they're there yet where they they can completely inform and change our our visual language in cinema uh and then video games have like i said have they've already taken that taken what they could out of out of film and adapted to it and they they've they've now you know with examples like journey they they're adapting they've adapted it into their own language it's part cinema part gameplay it's their own thing and i think that's kind of beautiful too i I don't they're different media they're always going to have different differences and that's okay uh, but it's incredible uh, in the back end the what the technology the melding of technology between the two media is doing to to really enhance both. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just as an aside, did you guys ever see the? Uh, it was released a little while ago. Somebody made in Unreal, like it was like a New York uh, subway. And they like walk down the steps into the New York subway and they're like walking along the subway platform. Did you guys see this a little while ago? I like, saw one of those that was for like, I what, think a Japanese subway station. Was it a tech demo? Yeah, it was a tech demo. Somebody yeah, just uh, made it. Maybe. I, I don't, I'm pretty sure it was New York, the one I saw. I'm sure there's probably one. It for might like, be the same one. And I just, in my head, it's uh, Japan, but the, the location doesn't matter. It looked amazing. Yeah, it looked fucking insane. It looked perfect. It looked absolutely perfect. Like if you're watching it, like if somebody didn't tell you it was like it would have looked like somebody with a GoPro, even like kind of like the bowing around the edges, like a GoPro, like the movement it like because it was like like fixed on a guess quote on a guy's head. So like you could see like the steps and like everything just looked so natural. Everything had that weight to it that we were talking about. Anyway, just thought if anybody would and if anybody saw it. Yeah, by the way, the since our, I think that's what what they did there. The counter the counter to using the LED wall and having a camera, a real camera move, is that you can also track that real camera move. So let's say you can you can track a real camera movement and then just make it a digital camera so that it has the weight of somebody act, that actually moved around the physical object. And 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 but I was saying you're like mocapping you're like mocapping the camera move. Mocapping the camera can, can yeah, actually yeah. you can do. Yeah, that's like wow. that's crazy. I never even thought of, I never even thought of that. Yeah, mocap let's say you're mocapping the camera essentially. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, no, I appreciate that though. That's definitely um I def definitely didn't know about that. Like I knew about the um like the LED screen, the essentially it's like almost like augmented reality projection kind of. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't know that the Mandalorian was the first one to do that. That's crazy. That's super interesting. Um, but yeah, so I guess that'll wrap things up for us. Probably our longest episode ever, depending on what happens when we cut it. So where can we find you, Sam, on the internet? I can be reached on Instagram at Sam underscore last name, all spelled out. And also Buffs and Nerfs now has its own Instagram. Buffs and Nerfs, B-U-F-F-S, N-N-E-R-F-S, 
on Instagram is now a thing where we will be posting screenshots and other um, sorted images. That sounds worse. I, I wish I had leaded into that as sorted images. It sounds terrible now. Um, but yeah, so follow us and we will soon be flooding your eyeballs with video game goodness. Andrew or Boyan, where can we find you guys? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm Boyan and you can find me on uh, Instagram at uh, T-E-H underscore Bojangles. I don't know. Figure out how to spell it. I'm not going to spell it for you. Uh, it's like the famous restaurant um in the u.s i guess uh yeah that's pretty much the only place i really only post things i cook or stuff from work so i don't know you're probably better off following the uh, new buffs and nerfs instagram guys uh where uh i'm sure i'll be posting my a series of failing stellaris uh uh civilizations very soon so yeah tune in for that one but yeah that's 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 me that's him Cool, yeah. Um, so yeah, you can follow me, Andrew, at L-A-N-C-A-E-L-A-E-N-C-I-A-E. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. That's pretty much where I'm the most active. And like Sam mentioned, uh, we just kicked off the personal uh, Buffs and Nerfs Instagram account. Like Sam said, it's B-U-F-F-S-N-N-E-R-F. That's at Buffs and Nerfs on uh, Instagram. Like Sam said, we're going to be posting just kind of like a, a little more looser than we uh, when we would post on the Mind Refinery. So just like stuff we find interesting, stuff we're playing, um, just kind of like updates that, uh, and that sort of stuff. And then obviously all the updates on when you can get your new episodes. But yeah, so I just want to, uh, before we go out, just shout out the Mind Refinery. Yeah, check us out on Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Facebook, just search for Mind Refinery. We got all the good content. We got, you know, long form stuff short form stuff music videos docs all that all that great stuff obviously more podcasts yeah so so check us out there usually we thank Boyan for doing the sound editing so we could thank him here good job boy always killing it man much appreciated yeah this this two hour and 10 minute episode is probably going to be an hour and 40 um, <laughs> just take I'm out the parts say... with me speaking you know what if you guys are all like today it's busted nurse with andrew and boyan so anyway so then um also we'd like to thank uh george george uh he's the one that deals with all the uploading and the metadata and all that fun stuff um honestly i'm not really sure what he does uh it is appreciated <laughs> though i know i know he he facilitates this being online and that's good enough for me and thank you george uh, yeah big shout outs george george well, I, I don't i don't know if i want to I don't know if I'm sure he doesn't want to get doxxed for this. But yeah, uh, again, thank you to my co-host, Sam Hall. And thank you, Andrew, for hosting another excellent podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Boyan, thank you. Thanks for joining us. Boyan, thank you very much for joining us and giving us that uh, on-set insight. It was very much appreciated. By the way, George doesn't know what doxing means, so you can you can definitely go ahead and do that. All right, well, George um, uh, works. Uh, he works at it. His uh, his home address is, and here's his personal phone number and email address. Oh, I That's got his number right. for his bank uh, right. cards. That's his credit card I'm, number. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting. I'm cutting. I'm cutting. Uh, yeah, cut. cut oh, cut, and yeah, his cut. DNA sequence is C G A T T G C C T C G T H E.